If you're listening to this episode of the Business Life and Coffee Show, it's likely that you have a side hustle, a business, a project, an idea that you want to get off the ground, or you've got something going and in the midst of the coronavirus, you really just wanna be responsible with how you keep it moving. Well, that's why our friends at Fiverr are sponsoring this week's episode and they wanna help you move your business forward. Whether it be with graphic design, video editing, copywriting, creating a website, you can go on Fiverr and find a responsible third party who can help you move your business forward. Why not try Fiverr.com and be one of the thousands of people who have used the services and I've used it as well for various things like business cards and promotional material, but check it out at Fiverr. So that's use our promo code bit.ly slash FiverrBLC. That's bit.ly slash F-I-V-E-R-R-B-L-C. And you can save on the cost of running business and starting a business. That's Fiverr and they're here to move your business forward. And let's get right into the show. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning into this episode of the Business Life and Coffee podcast. How are you doing? We're in the midst of day 3,962 of this coronavirus shelter in place, but there are signs of things returning back to, I can't even say normal, but just jumpstarting the economy again with a few states opening up in small doses and more to come. But what we're going to talk about on this episode of the podcast is, of course, a segment called Mama, I Made It, where we talk about leaders who are making a difference. Uh, We're going to talk about some really brave guys that have done their own version of shelter in place uh, for our benefit. And then in While You're Working, we're going to talk about some of the tips that I have for working from home. I created an Amazon site, an Amazon storefront that you can take a look at and really just get an opportunity to see, you know, what are some of the tools that I use to work from home or work remotely? Because you may not be working from home. You may be working from a friend's house, a neighbor's house, your vacation pad, wherever you're tuning in to this and working. I wanted to share some tips with you on how to really get the most of it. And then for our coffee shop Q&A, we're actually going to do something different. Going to tease a little bit of a online course that we have. It's all about returning back to work. So you're going to get a snippet of that. And uh, if you want more information on that, go ahead and check it out at courses.jumpstart-hr.com where you can see the full course for free. And uh, it will help you as you look at how to return your business back to work, how to return your teams back to work. And if you're an HR pro, you know, what are the considerations that you have to make, even if your state opens before your business is ready to open. So as we mentioned earlier, this episode is sponsored by Fiverr. So when you click the link that's in our show notes, you're actually supporting our show uh, when you make a purchase. And of course, as always, sponsored by Jumpstart. HR, which is a HR outsourcing company. We provide small businesses and startups all across the U.S. with HR services, and that's what we do. You'll hear a little bit more about that on this break. Jumpstart HR is changing the face of the HR industry with their outsourcing, project consulting, 
and phone support. Enabling startups and small businesses to outsource their HR needs from anywhere in the U.S. From new business and legal compliance to employee performance management and outplacement services. Within the business community, Jumpstart HR is a trusted and reliable service. In fact, companies like Forbes, HR.com, and Inc. Magazine have all featured Jumpstart HR for their easy-to-use, hourly, monthly, and on-call support that is tailored specifically to each client's needs. This saves clients like you a lot of time and money. To learn more, schedule your free HR evaluation today at jumpstart-hr.com slash contact. And we're back to the Business Life and Coffee show. Hey, what would you do if you had to shelter in place at work for 28 days straight? So that means you're working and you're sleeping in the same place. There's no separation between you and your coworkers. And you just hunger down in one spot for one common goal. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I could have done that. But on this week's Mama, I Made It, I want to salute the heroes, and I don't say that lightly, but the heroes who work at this one facility. I'm going to bring up the information here. Uh, there's an article in the Washington Post. I'll drop it in the show notes. But the headline reads, they lived in a factory for 28 days to make millions of pounds of raw PPE materials to help fight coronavirus. Now... 28 days in one spot is enough to make someone go crazy. But could you imagine just what that looks like in the shift, the shift working in? And you got to really like your colleagues to live and work and sleep alongside them. But I think most importantly, though, you have to uh, just really understand the gravity of what is involved in making this PPE so that healthcare workers and first responders and policemen, ambulance, firefighters, so that everyone can have an opportunity to really show up and do their best. Um, you know, not all heroes wear capes. Some of them produce PPE. So I want to just jump in and share a little bit about this crew. Uh, this is Braskem America. So that's B-R-A-S-K-E. E.M. America. These are workers who clocked out on Sunday after living and working inside the factory for 28 days. That is crazy. All right. So it says that someone in his office replaced his desk chair with an air mattress. He, When he checked into work on March 23rd, he brought a toothbrush, shaving kit, and it's a petrochemical plant in Marcus Hook, Pennsylvania. And they turned it into like a makeshift dormitory. So so they had 43 men who worked 12-hour shifts all day and night for a month straight, producing tens of millions of pounds of raw materials that will end up in face masks and surgical gowns worn on the front lines of the pandemic. One of the workers says, quite simply, we were just happy to help. We've been getting messages on social media from nurses, doctors, EMS workers saying thank you for what we're doing. But we want to thank them for what they did and are continuing to do. That's what made the time we were in there go by quickly, just being able to support them. So, hey, to all of the 43 gentlemen, I'm not sure if there are ladies in there as well, but men and women of Brascom America who did what they could and really stood up to the test of creating all of these supplies. Uh, my hat goes out to you. 
You are true heroes in every sense of the word. And I can't take that lightly because you guys are just on it. And I hope you get rest. I hope you, uh, you know, get to play some video games or someone cooked you your favorite meal. And if you're on social media, you know, I hope you're seeing all of the, the praise and shout outs to you guys because, man, what would we look like without you here on the front lines? I have no idea. And I'm glad we don't have to find out. So check out this article in the Washington Post. It's called They Lived in a Factory for 28 Days to Make Millions of Pounds of Raw PPE Materials to help fight coronavirus. And let me know what you think. Send me a message on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at Joey V Price HR. And if you have more good news that you want to share for our Mama I Made It segment, I am all ears. Send it my way. I want to get it out there as much as possible. All right, let's jump into our next segment. All right, friend, thank you for tuning back into this segment. This segment is called While You Were Working. This is news you need to know and use, but hey, maybe you were so busy working that you missed it. Well, that's why this segment is here. It's so that you don't fall through this cracks, so that you don't miss this important news. And what we have today is I have created what is called the Entrepreneurship and Podcast Productivity Shop. And you can check it out at amazon.com slash shop slash Joey V Price HR. Now, hey, this isn't like an infomercial thing. I'm not gonna tell you go buy this, go buy that, $4.99, $3.99, free 99 However, I do want to call out the fact that in my entrepreneurship and productivity, uh, my entrepreneurship and podcast productivity shop, there is a whole host of things that you can get. So there are work from home solutions, podcast essentials, the influencer shop, the entrepreneurship book club, podcast gear under $100 and podcast gear over 100 but under $500. In the interest of what I want to talk about today though, let's go and look at some of the recommendations that I crowdsource from friends, from my Facebook feed, from my Instagram on top work from home solutions. So in this, all right, first of all, I'm a music person, so I don't know about you, but you gotta have a really good speaker. And so here we have Bose Home Speaker 300 with Amazon Alexa built in, because I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna wear headphones all day, you know, just having something in my ears nagging me, ah, you know, I don't know. But having a speaker with really crisp sound, that is a super, super important part of having, you know, a, a great work from home environment. The other thing that we have here is the webcam. Yeah, we've got the Logitech HD Pro webcam, which is actually what I use. Um, I have one here. It's not what I use for the podcast because uh, I use a, a DSLR for that. But this little thing right here is the Logitech HD Pro webcam. And what I love about it is that it's 1080p. It's super crisp. It looks great on Zoom. It looks great on Skype. It looks great on any of the tools that you're using to uh, chat with people. But also, if you want to you know, make a recording, if you just want to share instructions with someone and you'd prefer to record it over your computer and then send it to them later, step your game up from the laptop computer camera because it's probably trash. You wanna make sure that you've got a really clear video because it's just super important. Next I've got, and I'm not gonna go into everything, I want you to check out my shop. It's uh, amazon.com slash shop slash HR. But of course, I do have headphones in here. I love my Apple AirPod Pros. 
They're really, really good. We have a USB Blue Yeti mic. This is kind of the, the gold standard for portable USB microphones. If you want to have really crisp video calls, if you really want to have crisp audio when you are recording something or narrating something, you got a laptop, got an iPad, got a cool laptop and phone stand here, and then as well a tablet stand, uh, wireless keyboard, wireless microphone. Underrated favorite here is the Philips Hue Play, which is a white and color smart light. It's a two pack base kit. Now you do have to get the hub, but I put these things on my desk. And for those of you that are watching this, like on YouTube or on social media, here's one of them. Um, they're actually lighting me right now, but I just love that you can go into it and you can change the settings so you can make the color light, you can brighten it. There's different settings so you can do like uh, reading, a dimmer switch, um, Arctic Aurora, Savannah Sunset, Concentrate, Nightlight, Energize, Spring Blossom, Tropical Twilight. I just go with whatever light I'm feeling at any given time because you just never know what mood you're in, right? So I like the Philips Hue um, Play White and Color Smart Light Kit. You need to get the Smart Hub and that's gonna be what allows you to control the lights from your phone. And next is an Apple TV or a streaming solution. For those that are on a, a Apple product and you want to, you know, extend your television into a second monitor, which is great for reading things or checking out spreadsheets, and Apple TV is going to be great for that. There are Chromecasts as well uh, to share your uh, Google and Android devices. Um, I've got surge protectors. There's a ring light with a phone stand, just in case you don't want to go big with a chat and webcam and microphone but you do wanna make yourself look great on one of those Zoom calls that you might be on. This thing is really cool. I have it set up in my office. Uh, what I use it for is if I'm like on Instagram Live or something and I just want to work while I'm streaming and chat while I'm streaming, it's a great way to, to do that. Nespresso, I love my Nespresso and I want you to have one too. They're on sale, so it's really, really cool. Actually, uh, my wife and I, we have the Virtuo Plus system and so that's what I put on here. But I could go on and on about these tools. I'm also gonna mention air freshener just because the ambiance at home has to be right. So there's a particular plug and fragrance that I use in my office. It keeps me going, but you want to check out my list. It's amazon.com slash shop slash Joey V price HR. And it's going to give you the tools that I use, plus some crowdsource recommendations that you can use to make your work from home feel a lot better and more productive. All right, next we're gonna jump into coffee shop Q&A. And this is where we're gonna transition into a webinar that we completed recently on returning to work. We're not gonna give you the whole thing, but what I wanna do is just highlight some of the snippets that we had. And if you like it, go learn more, check out more. Go and visit courses.jumpstart-hr.com to see this presentation about returning back to work. So what we've done is we've taken some of the White House's guidelines along with or in conjunction with the CDC about 
gating criteria for the states. And um, just to set the tone here, this is not a political webinar. This is not, you know, we all feel a certain way about certain people and, and certain things. And some of us are on either side of that, but we're going to try uh, as much as possible to stick to um, the information that's going to be most impactful for our businesses based on what we know thus far and what we know as as common sense and best practice in the field. So Emily, can you talk a little bit about the proposed gating criteria for the states? And what does that even mean, gating criteria? This isn't uh, this isn't Home Depot. Uh, we're not, you know, creating gates, but what, what does that mean? So it, it- it really is three areas that, that states need to look at. It needs to look to make sure there is a downward, and if, sorry, Joey, if you'll go to the next slide. It's really look at, looking at symptoms, cases, and hospitals. So symptoms, are you in a downward trajectory of flu-like or COVID symptoms? Are your cases, the reported positive cases down? And then are your hospitals able to handle the current or, you know, current patients that are in and that could be coming. So we want to make sure there's robust testing so that whoever needs the test is there. So when states can successfully answer these and say, yeah, we fall in these three categories, that is the criteria used to say, okay, it's time to open for business in a systematic way. Yeah. And I I think um, Georgia presents an interesting case and I guess ultimately uh, Tennessee as well, since, since that's where you're at, Emily. They're opening the states, but maybe they're not following the gating criteria. So if you're an employer in one of those states, you know, how would you feel if if you had to open back up in the midst of, you know, a state that's not necessarily following the proposed guidelines? And, you know, it's funny because so Georgia is a they have over 20,000 cases and they're still on an upward climb. Tennessee, we haven't had we've only had about five or 6,000, I believe, throughout the state. And it's low in our county, but we're still seeing an uptick and both are opening to an extent. And it's a little, you know, I I sit back and I read all this and, and I talk to so many business owners on what do we do? What do we do? And I'm like, okay, let's look at the gating criteria. Am I, you know, right here doesn't even follow these guidelines. So, you know, it's going to be sad and interesting to watch this. Yeah. It's just, it makes sense. You know, um, and we can all debate, did we close too late? Did we do it too lax? Did we do it too harsh? Whatever it may be. You know, everyone's got an opinion. And everyone's like, oh, I want to go out to eat. I want to go shopping. I want to do this. But then when it, you're faced with, okay, it's ready to open. No, it's not time. It's not time. You know, so you can't please everybody either. We all know that. As leaders in any company, can you please all your employees? Absolutely not, unfortunately. Well, I think the most important thing is not so much pleasing the employees necessarily, but doing what's in their best interest. Mm -hmm. So we're going to need to, even if you're in the position where your state is opening up or it's preparing to open up, uh, really take a look at what science is telling you. Really take a look at what your uh, capacity is for your health departments, uh, for your hospitals, and and really see what's being done to provide that true vote of confidence for the reopening. And there's three areas that as a business owner or a business leader within the community, you should be paying attention to. Testing and contract tracing. uh, So the ability for your state to quickly set up safe and efficient screening and testing sites for symptomatic individuals and trace contacts of COVID positive results. So what happens if there was a shop near me 
that actually uh, shut down for two weeks. It was a, um, a restaurant that shut down for two weeks because there was an employee that tested positive for COVID. Who needs to be contacted? How can they be contacted? Is there a mechanism to do that? And so these are some of the sort of things that you'll have to think about as you reopen. Because if you even have a team of you know, five people at a time in your office, but someone tests positive. What is that? What are the implications for telling your employees that you may have to shut down because someone tested positive? So really thinking through, you know, not just the opportunity to open back up, but what are some of the, the risks? Um, the other thing you have to look at as you evaluate whether it makes sense for your business to go back to, to opening up is healthcare system capacity. So with healthcare system capacity, you want to make sure that the areas in which not only your headquarters exist, but maybe if you have remote workers or satellite offices across the country, healthcare's ability to quickly and independently supply PPE and critical medical equipment to handle a potential surge in need. You know, we're, we're opening the, the floodgates for people to mix and mingle and gather, albeit in a, an attempted structured approach, but we're being more susceptible to contracting COVID versus our stay-at-home orders. So are the health systems where you conduct business able to handle potential capacity and even ICU capacity. And then last but certainly not least, which is where there's more of a hands-on um, impact for your business and your employees, but plans to protect workers and citizens. So protecting the health and safety of workers in critical industries, of course, protecting health and safety of those living and working in high-risk facilities, so senior care facilities, health facilities, dialysis facilities, protecting employees and users of mass transit, advising citizens regarding protocol for social distancing and face coverings, and monitoring conditions and immediately taking steps to limit and mitigate any rebounds or outbreaks by restarting a phase or returning to an earlier phase, depending on severity. So Emily, you know, I'm open to your thoughts here and I'm even open to people to drop their thoughts in the chat and we can discuss. But do we think that this is a, a one and done approach? You know, are we going to open the country back up and that's just going to be it? Or do you think that we're going to need to maybe have another shelter in place somewhere later on down the road, whether it be in the fall or in the winter or maybe even in in the spring of next year? What do you what do you think, Emily? You know, I don't think we're at the end of it. I think I heard yesterday on one of the morning shows is that this coming winter is going to be worse than this past spring has been with COVID-19. So I do think it's going, and I agree with Kate, I think it's going to come in waves. I think it's going to, you know, as soon as we all get back together, I think there will be an uptick. And, you know, I don't think we're going to be just back at work, floodgates opened. I think it's going to be kind of a, I guess wave is the right way to say it. We're going to go back and then we're going to pull back a little bit and then we're going to ease back into, you know, socialization and then we'll probably have to ease back. So I think a lot's going to change from where we are today. And I don't think we're going to see the same behaviors that we did prior to COVID-19. So, you know, I've, is handshaking a thing of the past. You know, I'm thinking twice before I shake somebody's hand now. Of course, yeah. I'm not shaking by saying because I don't <laughs> see anybody. I'm like, hey. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That elbow bump, right? <laughs> yeah, the elbow bump, uh, the, friendly, uh, the friendly wave. I do agree that this is going to come in waves. And so as employers, as leaders and employers, we have to think about what that means for a few areas. We had an earlier webinar and course on how this is going to impact 
impact travel and work stoppages and, and policies and performance? And, you know, can we even attempt to do long range planning anymore when it comes to business travel and attending conferences and events? Who's to say that we may plan f- to travel at a time where the wave comes back and we're mm-hmm. forced to shelter back in place when it comes to employee rhythm and, you know, going back into an office and what does that look like? Should we be conservative and say, work from home four days a week and come in on one day, but everybody's day is different. You know, I really think a conservative approach here is going to be the best way to protect our employees. But this could be a bumpy ride when it comes to thinking about how we can plan ahead. I don't I don't know how how well we'll be able to plan ahead uh, if it's coming back in waves. You know, and I said this early on in one of our previous um webinars, but it's, I will be interested. I don't think the face of business is going to look the same. I think now that people have learned how to work remote, I think more people and more companies will take advantage of that to say, why do I need a space of 500 desks or 150 desks when maybe I can use a space of several meeting areas and 30 cubes? It's going to be different. That's, that's a good one. So, so, so Kate said, faces are not going to look the same. We're all going to have fancy masks. Absolutely. I want my monogram. And I'm from the South, right? So it, it, it will be interesting. It, but, you know, but even coming back in phases, if we say, okay, everybody works from home four days a week and then your day in the office is Tuesday and your day is Wednesday, who's cleaning the office in between? Mm-hmm. You know, so who's sanitizing into what level? So, yeah, there's a lot to think about. There is a lot to think about. And uh, sanitation and office cleanliness is going to go a long way with restoring employees' confidence about walking into your office. I know one of the things that are give me assurances when I support a, a local business that's still opening now is when I see the, the, the sanitizer, when I see the employees, you know, wiping the carts down with wipes, when I see the, the level of care that's being given to the employees. And so we're going to have to be thinking about that now and, and ordering hand sanitizers, ordering PPE, hand, ordering gloves, ordering masks, you know, setting up those six feet social distance barriers for our employees and customers. And, you know, it made me think about, well, how will our employee handbook change or how will the policies that we communicate change? I think one of the first things that we're going to need to introduce to our uh, employees and this is one of the guidelines from the Opening Up America Again, I guess, presentation or website or what have you. But I really think this is going to be a new aspect that we're going to have to work into, if not our daily messaging, our employee handbooks about practicing good hygiene, staying home and not feeling well, practicing social distancing, you know, re doing everything you can within your ability as an employer to say that you've done everything possible to protect your employees. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that presentation on reopening America or opening up America again. That's just a small taste. And there's more on our website, courses.jumpstart.hr or dashhr.com. And you can check out the whole thing. It's about 60 minutes and there's a lot of dialogue with Emily and I. So you don't want to miss it. It's going to help you impact your business. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Business Life and Coffee Show. And I will see you next week. Build a better life with your